Another episode of Wizards After Dark. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. The Wizards just lost again, 119 to 109. And I promise you, if you watch the game, you will know this. This was not quite as close as the score. Otto Porter was a minus 26. John Wall was a minus 28. Bradley Beal was a minus 22. Somehow, Thomas Sadoransky was a plus 22 tonight. I'm here with uh, the legend who more formally goes by Mr. Michael Lee, newly from The Athletic, my new colleague, formerly of The Washington Post. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's good. I'm glad to finally uh, join the uh, After Dark, man. This is kind of crazy. It's about time. Yeah. I joined Thunder After Dark. That's true. That's true. So you've been part of the After Dark franchise. <laughs> it's crazy that you are the guy who leads the After Dark franchise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is because, like, I host podcasts that are exclusively themed After Dark, and yet I, li- I literally had no idea what Rose Bar was until two weeks ago. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm not gonna act like I'm not an old washed man with a wife and kid who <laughs> has not frequented a club in a long time. So um, I was, I was made aware of it too. Thank you, Stephen A, for educating me on Rose Bar. Um, I don't think about clubs in DC. I don't think about where I, where anybody hangs out because I have no interest of in being in there. So I just hope the kids have fun when they go. Yeah. Well. <laughs> they might have more fun going there than going to a Wizards game. Maybe. Um, if you just want to watch a car crash, you can come watch Wizards games, though. <laughs> if you want to be entertained yeah. by just uh, seeing a team just play completely lifeless basketball and um, really just, it's really, it's, 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 for me, as somebody who's been around this team, you know, um, for 14 years now, uh, this is, one of the worst um, situations that I've witnessed with this team because, um, you know, I covered the Wizards when they were when they made the playoffs that first year with Gilbert Arenas and, and Larry Hughes and Antoine Jameson, and I remember how magical it was for this city to get behind that team. They were so much fun. And then, obviously, Gilbert got hurt and things fell apart, and we didn't know how everything went sideways there. And so this rebuild... Um, starting with John and Brad and then uh, eventually with Otto, for me to witness how that all came together, how they stripped everything down, bottomed out completely uh, in an effort to try to get stars, um, to see it sort of play out to what it is now, for me as an observer, it's really kind of, it's hard to watch because I I saw these guys as being young up-and-comers who had so much promise and potential. But to see it go from promise and potential to now just just to be a really miserable thing to watch every night, uh, it's hard to to explain. Um, Because if you look at the Wizards and what they did to get, you know, three top three picks um, to kind of build their future around. You look at what they've done since getting those guys, they haven't really added a fourth piece or a fifth piece that's going to help push everything ahead. And the more that they've dragged everything along, um, it's just gotten worse. And 
I don't know if I've been around a team, and I was around a team in which guys brought guns into a locker room, but I don't know if I've been around a team that just seems so disjointed, so disconnected, and just utterly unwilling to compete and play basketball with each other. It's it's bad. Well, so yeah, that's why. Like, so you likened it to a car crash, right? Yeah. I don't think it's a car crash. All right. Because when a, something happens in a car crash, the car's going at a high speed and then it smashes into something and there's drama and there's. This is like watching a catatonic person watch like a 4 a.m. infomercial. There's, <laughs> there's just nothing happening. Nothing happening. No one's moving. No, no one's caring. No one's showing any effort. It's yeah. just, it's just nothing. It's disheartening um, to see this kind of performance. Um, from from because if you look at the Wizards, if you look at every bad team in the league, and you, you can kind of just say you know exactly why they're bad, right? You look at the Wizards, and you just look at the roster, and, and you ask yourself, why is this team so bad, right? Because it's not a talent issue; it's everything else, and that's effort, that's leadership, that's um, you know, heart, that's competitiveness that's passion that's fire it's everything that you shouldn't really have to ask from for guys who are who are being able to play a game that they all love they all grew up loving playing um you know having fun with you know for their whole lives um so to just see it all sort of crumble and i I just feel like you know last year um it was the beginning of the end um you could feel it that something was broken in the team and and it just feels like this is an extension of that you know everything was broken for whatever reason and you can look to the marching gratai john wall situation obviously marching you know uh, got traded um but that didn't take away the problems because um the team was already in shambles and with that being the case, they didn't add any glue this summer. They didn't add anything that was going to, um, you know, kind of shift the focus or change, you know, what was happening because this thing started crumbling and it feels like instead of coming in, I've said this before, instead of coming in refreshed, excited, rejuvenated with an opportunity to say, okay, the East is more wide open than ever. We have um, LeBron James is gone. You know, we have an opportunity to finally move forward. But instead of looking at it from that perspective, it's almost like these guys look at each other and like, I got to play with this guy again. And that's what I see. I see a team that is just totally done. They're done. I mean, they're they're just they just slog through. Yeah, I talked to a scout you know, a few weeks ago who just basically said this was the worst defensive team he had seen all year, that he hadn't seen worse – he's seen it's the worst body language he's seen from guys, from anybody else. And he said that this team isn't going to the playoffs. And they have the talent, you think, to just talent themselves into the playoffs as an eight seed or a seven seed. They, they, the talent on this roster could easily get in there. But I don't even think they want to go to the playoffs because that means they have to play with each other another four games. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you go to the playoffs, you still got to play with this guy. Yeah. I think they are done with each other. And you know what? They they might be done with each other in 
not too long anyway. When I, say, I, when I say not too long, I don't mean a week or two weeks or two months or whatever it is. But like at some point, and, at some point, yeah, this, some this point core is not going to exist. All of these guys will not be on the team through the length of their contracts. Like that's just I would be shocked. Not because yeah, I, I was just talking to oh, and I said just talking to I was talking to someone, you know, um, you know, and they were saying that, you know, you know, there's no such thing as a movable contract. Maybe John's is. And I'm like, no, every contract is movable. I've seen every contract. Mozgov got traded twice this summer. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anybody that, that a team is hell-bent on moving can get moved. Um, and I think, honestly, that 2-8 and eight start, I think it's sort of sunk in probably to these players that this is a wrap. You know what I mean? And, you know... Because you, you can have a bad start. Look at Houston, right? Houston had a pretty rough start. But, you know, those guys, they, they know that if they want to turn it on, they can, and they probably will because they want to make it work. They want to win a championship, and they know they were that close to getting there, right? If you're the Wizards and you say, okay, guys, let's turn it all the way up. Let's give it everything we have. Let's play hard for each other. Let's compete. Let's give it our all. What's the, what's the reward going to be for them if they play as hard as they can and push – put their foot to the floor and go all out. I'm asking, what would happen if the Wizards came out and played with all the passion and heart you can imagine and played for each other? What would the end result be? The end result would be they have to play together for another year. Well, no, 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 oh, not and, and they, they could maybe win a playoff series. They could maybe win a playoff series. They could maybe win a playoff series. So if that's what, like for Houston, if they turn it all the way up, they can play for conference finals, right? They go, they, they just put their foot down and go all the way. And maybe injury, something, tweak, they may even go to the finals, right? They know they can do that, like, because they've, they've gotten there. This group now, they know their ceiling typically has been the Eastern Conference semifinals, right? They've had a, they had a bad break against Atlanta. They had a chance, you know, um, John broke his hand. And, you know, Paul's Pierce's shot, you know, just missed. So they were right there. Um, and, you know, even the year before that, you know, they had a chance possibly – Obviously, 20, 2017, you know, in, in Boston in Game 7, that third quarter, everything was perfect. They had a chance. Just finished fourth quarter. They go to conference finals. So they were right there. But it just seems that um, right now everything that you could possibly think of as a positive for the Wizards is in the past. Yeah, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you something that stood out to me because we haven't really referenced this game at all. It's just like I mean, nothing. <laughs> there are things in this game that need to be referenced. So okay. they were down. They were down twenty nine at one point. It was terrible, and they were just playing like slots. Just yes. absolutely no effort right out no. the gate. They're down thirty two to twelve out the gate. Scott Brooks called it embarrassing. I asked Scott Brooks was more demonstrative in his post game presser than I've seen him all year. Uh, really yeah, calling he's never out the demonstrative. Teams. Yeah, <laughs> really, anything. Yeah. really calling out the team. Like Scott Brooks is is always smooth and chill, and he was he was really aggressive. And I asked him at the end of the press conference, "Is it is it a leadership issue?" And he said, "No, it's a play hard issue." I'm like, "Well." I, I Scott Scott has to answer that question. No, if he answers yes, it's a leadership issue. Then that's the first thing that Ted Leonsis says to him when he decides to sever his contract. <laughs> yes. You said yourself it was a leadership issue. Look here, who's the leader? You You're are. Paying you and if he says it's a leadership issue, all of a sudden he's pissing off John Wall, and you know you can't do that. And so he says, no, it's not a leadership issue. It's a play hard issue. 
But he's answering the question is, yes, it is a leadership issue because that's a leadership issue. Absolutely. And, and, and Scott Playing really – Leaders don't allow their team yeah, to come out and not play hard. Exactly. It's, it, it's, 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 that's exactly what he's doing. So they get down 29. Scott rolls with the bench unit the entire time. And when I say bench unit, I'm not talking about the Kelly Oubre, Jeff Green bench yeah. unit. Talking I'm, talking about about, I'm talking about the Thomas, the, the, the double Thomas, Thomas Bryant, Thomas Sadoransky, Troy Brown bench unit. Yes. Sadoransky is plus 22 on the night. Rivers is plus 12. Oubre is plus 14. Uh, Troy Brown is plus 12. Thomas Bryant is plus 7 in five minutes. This unit... They're not great NBA players by any stretch of the imagination, but they play hard. And That's it, it. Just hard. Not only just that, like run hard. Not only that, not only was this the unit that that um they were that was out on the floor, this was they were not playing against Gary Trent Jr. and Caleb Swinigan and Wade Baldwin. They were playing against the Blazers starters. Yeah. Terry Stotts left his starters in the game because the Wizards, you know, they came back and won that game in overtime in Portland a few weeks ago. So he knew that the Wizards are dangerous if they could turn it on. They did it against the same crew. So think about how crazy this is. C.J. McCollum was on the floor in the fourth quarter when the, when the Wizards bench out, you know, outscored them 39-28, right? He's still a plus 22. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's, here's just the wild part of that whole comeback to me, and I haven't written my story yet. So I'm just brainstorming out loud now. But I honestly think the lead for it is just going to be these guys are making this run and Thomas Bryant is dunking and then screaming, at the, screaming at the crowd <laughs> and they're blocking guys at the rim and they're running and Sadoransky's playing well and, and all this and, and like everyone on the bench. Now, normally the oh. Wizards bench, normally the Wizards bench cheers pretty hard. And it's because Troy Brown really makes an effort. And, and to Dwight Howard's credit, it's a Dwight Howard thing. Dwight Howard came back, and I know Dwight gave the bench, because I've talked about it with Thomas Bryant. Dwight gave those end-of-the-bench guys, the guys who never play, gave them the thing of, like, here's how – and it's a Mahimi thing, too, because this is very Inyan Mahimi's personality. I know fans don't like him because of his contract, but this is very Inyan Mahimi's personality to do this. Give him the whole thing. You're not going to play. We are going to cheer our asses off. And so Troy Brown, if you look over at the bench, whenever the Wizards score, it's like Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, Jan Mahimi, Jason Smith gets in on it. Every time yeah. they hit a three, he jumps up, puts two, you know, three yeah, fingers yeah, over his yeah. head every time. The Wizards bench cheers hard. And I think the end of the bench is just like a, it's just like a culture thing that they're trying to do to make what is a fallen culture so, a little you, you more better. You can feel a part of the action if you yeah, celebrate. And, for yeah. sure. And yeah. I'm sure there are a million reasons why they do it. But all of those guys are in the game now. Yes. And you look at the bench, and Wall is sitting there with a blind face as they are coming back, and they cut it to single digits. And, yeah. and Wall's just sitting there. These guys who never play, who, like, you look at other teams. You look at other teams, and when the stars are on the bench, even in a blowout, when you're getting blown out, the stars are on the bench. And the stars are cheering for the bench guys who never get an opportunity. They're genuinely happy when the bench guys who never get an opportunity go do something. And Wall is just sitting there expressionless. And Beal is sitting there expressionless. And all the other guys are doing the same. And maybe one way to look at well, it Jan, is... Jan was still standing. Jan was the one guy. Yeah. And maybe maybe the... But Jan is always doing that. Yeah. And, and so may, maybe the one way, if you want to be an optimist, the one way to look at it is they're just so embarrassed that they were getting killed, that their spirits were completely just broken, and they weren't able to do it. And that would be an optimist's take. Yeah. And I would believe that 
if they had shown any effort earlier. Yes. And when I say earlier, I don't even mean tonight. I mean like since September. Yeah. And they hadn't. No. So I'm going to say it's fair to say that they're just not giving effort there either. Yeah. I mean you can find every example of just not caring. And I, I like I said, I hate to say it, um, but I can't deny what my eyes see. Um you know, I had asked somebody, you know, what's wrong with the Wizards? They asked me, well, what do you think? And I said, <laughs> to me, it was like they don't they don't like each other and they don't care. That's a bad combination. You can't go forward with a season when it's like that. Um, and I, the thing is, is that there's no, um, like, easy explanation for how it got this bad and how it happened so quickly because – like I said, every time you start a season, there's, there's there's a newness to it. Like like if you look at Portland right now, right? That's a team that destroyed them tonight, basically. Portland, John, you know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have been together. This is their fifth year together. I think it might be longer. Six years. Is it six season together? Six, maybe. Yeah. So the Bill Porter, well, this is their sixth year together too, right? All three of those guys, those two guys. Everybody's been together. This is their sixth year, right? They've sort of kind of taken the similar path, right? They've maybe won a playoff series. Last year, Portland got embarrassed, right? They got smoked in the first round. Um, people were saying, well, maybe it's time to break up CJ and Dame. You know, so it's not working. And they were bringing back the same, essentially the same team, right? And you could look at it and say, um, well, <clears throat> well, those guys, you know, they, they, they could have easily broken it up and they had justifiable reasons to do it. They stood pat. But what are they doing? How are they responding to, you know, clearly being in the same situation in the Western Conference, no less, right? Um, Dame and CJ, they're getting their numbers. You could Dame get to 40 tonight, right? So Dame comes in and, you know, we talked about it after the game. You know, when I showed up, you know, just put everything that's in the past behind me and just realized that, Everybody that's riding with me, like, we're, we're going to go out there and we're going to take care of business. And Dame is taking on the role of a leader, of a guy who was embarrassed last year. Drew Holiday outplayed him. You know, he's first team All-NBA, but Drew Holiday went out there and, you know, <laughs> took his lunch for four games. Um, and he could have just said, you know, called everybody out, you know, give me some more help. I can't do it by myself. But he said no. We're just gonna go out there, and whoever's with me, we're gonna go out there and compete. They brought a new, a freshness to the season. They brought an excitement, and enthusiasm to the season. And who knows how it's gonna turn out? Maybe they go out in the first round again. Maybe they have to blow it up next year. But at least you see that this team is coming out there, and they're trying to compete, win games, and play for each other. They they took advantage of the fact that there's a new season. That what happened last year was in in the rear view. What's, what's in front of you right now is opportunity. And the Wizards have just poo-pooed all over opportunity because the opportunity is there. And they're looking at it like, okay, they, the only opportunity I think that they're seeing right now is the opportunity to get out of here. Because if you you may not even need to get truth serum. If you just sat down everybody on this team and said, do you want to be here? I'd be hard-pressed <laughs> to see like, who really wants to stay. Because this isn't getting much better. I don't know how it's going to get better. They won, what, three in a row? Yeah. And 
And part of me was about to was about to say something on Twitter like, "Oh, it looks like," but I'd never once believed that they were turning it around. Yeah, I mean, I think the three game winning streak ending when it did makes perfect sense against Brooklyn. Well, here's why I think it makes perfect sense because this three game stretch they have, which ends their current homestand, so Brooklyn, Portland, Clippers. What do those three teams all have in common? They're the opposite of what the Wizards are going through right now. They all play really hard. Yeah. They all play really hard for 48 minutes. Yeah. They're all well well coached. They all know their, have guys who know their roles. They all have guys who, even if they have great players, like Portland, for example, Damian Lillard doesn't have the ego of a superstar from the way he plays, from yeah. the way he leads in a locker room. Like Damian Lillard is known as one of the ultimate like, of the superstars in the league, and Lillard is no question a superstar, first-team All-NBA last yeah, year. Legit. He is one of the real culture guys of yeah. the superstars in the NBA. He is. Uh, and you can see that in the Portland locker room. You look at the way the Clippers play, who beat this team by 32 in L.A. Like they, they probably got another blowout ready yeah, for, for two. It's extremely possible. But they play hard. They're well-coached. They... They, Doc's doing a really good job with them. Everyone there knows their role. Their bench is really cohesive, and they talk, and they communicate, yeah. and they encourage each other. You look at Brooklyn. No talent without Karis LeVert. Like, they don't have talent without Karis LeVert, but they take don't the right— Spencer Dinwiddie, though. Spencer Dinwiddie's a good player. <laughs> he's a good player. But but Spencer Dinwiddie, wherever he is in the hierarchy of best Brooklyn players, like, if he's your third best player, second best player, whatever he is for them, that's not a good team. No. But he's obviously a good player. But, like, Spencer Dinwiddie— Clearly a good culture guy. Like, you look at the way Brooklyn plays. They take the right shots. Their defense forces you into the right shots, even though it's not a successful defense. Like, Kenny Atkinson is a good coach. They play really hard. They'll out-energy the hell out of you if you don't want to play hard. Like, and that's what happened. Brooklyn got out to a big lead because Brooklyn just kept driving and kicking. And the Wizards were like, after a minute, they were like, screw this. Not going to run with this. Yeah. And Brooklyn gave them the middle of the floor. And... The biggest problem is the lack of self-awareness. Yes. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's lack actually let me take it back. I don't know if it's lack of self-awareness or because I don't think you can always like read a press conference or read a scrum as like, well, this guy said this, so this is exactly what he's thinking. He might just be trying to get through it and get it get over with. Yeah. Which is and I understand. always possible if not yeah. likely. I get it. But let's say Sometimes we take I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. My mom my mom tells me that all the time. So but let's 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 take these guys at their words for a second, because that's that's really all we can do, right? So like I asked John Wall last night, or two nights ago, after the Brooklyn loss. You guys were taking a lot of didn't you created the fewest amount of threes you took all year. You took a lot of mid range shots, and to the Wizards credit they have been a lot better in steering away from mid-range and putting up threes this year than they have in the past, but they really reverted against Brooklyn. So why'd you do that? And he talked about, well, they play a drop coverage and they don't help off their weak side shooters. And all of those things that he said are true. But a drop coverage is pretty common in the NBA. Not as common as it used to be, but pretty common in the NBA. And it's like, you're John Wall. Your whole thing is that you're explosive and can get to the rim against anybody. If they're not helping off of their shooters, that means you're just like going up against like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's yeah. a good defender, but like he's not Patrick Beverly. And like, Jared Allen's he's he plays he's good, hard. But like you're now going but that's up that's not the Kimbe Matumbo. Yeah, fine. Then you're like going up against Spencer Dinwiddie and it's like they aren't helping. Go yeah. to the damn rim then. You're yeah. John Wall. Like that's your whole thing. That you can get to the rim against anybody. That you are one of the fastest guys in the entire league, if not the fastest. 
And he didn't do that. And then I go back and I rewatch the game. And I track every mid-range shot that they took. And they took 22 shots from beyond 13 feet and inside the three-point line. And 16 of them were with 12 or more seconds left on the shot clock. And it's like, Brooklyn wasn't forcing you into this. In every single one of those situations, you could have pulled back out. You could have kicked out. You could have ran another action. You could have run some sort of cross screen to try to get in, you know, a post-up situation and then get a kick out three. You could have run Beal off a pin down. Like, you could have done something to try to create something. And the effort is just not there. And uh, the they're just settling. They're settling. It's my turn to take a shot. I'm going to take the shot. Dwight Howard took three or four of those shots, by the way, that were with 12 or more seconds left on the shot clock. And, like, yeah. it's like, it's my turn to take the shot. Now I'm going to take this one with 17 seconds left on the shot clock from 17 feet. And it's just, like... Yeah, That's funny. not how good teams operate. I'm, I'm looking at uh, – you're talking about just the way they play, and I'm looking at the um, assist numbers right now for the game, and I see the Wizards had 28 assists compared to Portland they had 26, which is, sounds pretty good, right? The Wizards moving the ball. It's a problem, though, when nine of those assists come from the five starters. Yeah. 19 assists from the bench. That means that only one unit was out there playing with each other. The other unit was out there – just playing for themselves. And that's been an issue with this team really since last 19, year. 19 assists on 22 field goals off the bench. Off the bench. So that means that they're they're doing everything that they're playing the way it's supposed to be played. And I remember Scott Brooks' first year here. <clears throat> you know, he really did a lot to, you know, you know, convince John that he was one of the top point players in the game. Not top point guards in the East, not one of the top point guards. One of the top players in the game. He told him he was a He's, he'd be an MVP caliber player, right? Got him. Told John, told Bradley Bill he was an All Star. You know, um, it didn't happen for both of those guys. But John made third team All NBA, and Brad was borderline All Star that year. And they played together as a unit. In Scott's, they, they they struggled the first part of the year, but it was understandable because Brad was hurt and they had a lot of other things. They're trying to figure out a new system, but they turned it around. They won forty nine games. And it was some of the most fun basketball I can remember seeing these guys playing. This was just two seasons ago. This is Scott Brooks' first year. Last year, it was just like they just said, you know what? That was fun. We went to the conference finals game seven. That was cool. But I'm kind of done with that. <laughs> I'm done with the ball movement and the sharing and helping everybody, you know, get, get their shots. You know, let's just play some selfish basketball and see where that takes us. And it just kept building, 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 and um, it's just from it's just tough to watch now because it's just the game of basketball. You know, it's it's not that complicated. I mean, we can make it complicated. We can break down all these things, and really, what what it comes down to is this: you you know, just from playing pickup ball with your buddies or anybody else, the team that just the team that has talent, you know, is going to have a better chance than the team that doesn't, but. The team that plays together will always have a better chance. Will always have a chance of being in games and competing. The Wizards, have they been down double digits every game? It feels like they've been down double digits every single game. Even though games that they've won, they had to rally and come back to win the game. It's not like they just, they dominated Cleveland, okay? Um, but for the most part, they're, they're trailing. They're down by 20 points in the first six minutes of the game or eight minutes of the game. How are you down 20 points in the first eight minutes of a game at home? 
you're at home and you're down 20 points in the first eight minutes. Like, it's just, I, I've, I, I've, I've seen it, um, you know, another, another franchise and other organizations, but it's for this group, just knowing just like the apex and knowing just where it was and just the direction that it seemed it was going, um, to just see it right now, just going in this dark place. It's just, it's mind boggling because you know that it shouldn't be this way. You know that you talked about roles and how the guys in Portland understand their roles and they know what they're supposed to do. Here, the way the Wizards team is set up, okay, there is a hierarchy. You understand that John and Brad are the all-stars and they're going to be the leaders. But it seems like after that, everybody else feels pretty much entitled to the third spot, right? I don't get some money, but it doesn't really have the personality to just basically be like, yo, I'm the man, right? But it seems like everybody else is vying for the third spot. And when that happens, you know, and you don't have an offense that basically involves everybody, um, you just have a team that's just constantly being pulled apart. I don't even know what can actually be any kind of connective tissue with this group. Like, who is the glue guy, right? Um, in the past, like, Otto was sort of like the ultimate, like, role player glue guy, right? But all summer, he was told, we need you to be more aggressive. We need you to be more assertive. We need you to score more. We need you to be more of a consistent third option. So in his mind, okay, all right, well, maybe that means I will get more touches. And then after telling him all this, he's running up and down the floor and never touches the ball. So in his mind, he's probably like, well, why am I even running hard? Why, why, why would I even, like, re- rebound and... And, and try to, you know, get extra possessions and hustle and do all these things. If I know I'll never get rewarded for the hustle, right? So you lose Otto just off of that, right? You got Dwight playing hurt, you know. Didn't even mention the fact that he's his butt's still not right, right? Yeah, he, he, he left the game pretty early. Second quarter, I think it was. He walked off the floor couldn't, and couldn't move. Couldn't and, come back. They said aggravated. I they, So they said aggravated gluteal soreness this time. And I, I, I like that each time we're, we're, we're adding an adjective each time. So like before it was just gluteal soreness. Now it's aggravated gluteal soreness. <laughs> also, do, like there has to be a joke made about like when you get your ass kicked like that, you're going to have some gluteal soreness. <laughs> I think that should be like in your story. You have to get that in your story. When you write it. And everyone knows it, it started here with that line. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, that should be in your story. I, I need to see that in your story. If not, I'm going to call our editors and tell them they need to. <laughs> that's Fred slipping. Uh, we, got, we got anything else? I feel, like we've, uh, I feel like we've gone hard on them enough, right? Is there anything yeah, else? Yeah, because, you know, like I said, as, as a longtime observer, of a guy who, um, you know, has, has, has you know, seen these guys do some dark periods, some – in some high periods, um, it's, it's difficult to see it kind of crumbling like this. Um, and, you know, you still look at their ages. You're like, oh, Brad's 25 and Otto's 25 and John's 28. And you're like, you know, there's still so much, you know, but it's in terms of um, they're, they're, they're past the potential stage. You know, this is what this team is. And um, it's not promising. It's not uplifting. And, um, you know, I think that fans of the team, players on the team, everybody who's observing the team, we all see this ain't working. And there is no switch. There's no switch with this team. 
this thing is just going to keep going down. And they may win a couple games because they had the talent to win a couple games. They, But the spirit, the spirit is cracked. And um, and you can't really get that back. Yeah. No, I don't think you can. Um, plug your uh, plug your work. But I'm sure everybody listening to this, if you're a big enough Wizards fan to listen to this podcast, you know who Michael Lee is. But plug your work <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, I mean, I've been in Philadelphia the last couple of weeks writing about, you know, Jimmy Butler and, you know, how that's affecting the team and Ben Simmons. Um, I got something coming in uh, on Kyle Lowry pretty soon. Um, I want to do something on the Wizards, but – um, I'm in a good mood, and I don't know if writing about them will put me in a good place. It's it's hard, man. <laughs> it, it really I does. Mean, I, I mean, trust me. I covered, you know, the 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 bottoming out phrase, you know, uh, of you know Javale McGee, Andre Blatch, you know, um, Nick Young, those years when they were just getting pummeled every year. So, but it was they were losing, but it was so entertaining. Like it was fun. I mean, not fun. No one likes to lose. But, like, for me as somebody, there was always some good material because it was a bad team. They were young, but they always gave me something to write about. And it was like you walk in the locker room, and even if they lost, there was something that you could write about, you know, that made it entertaining. This isn't even entertaining, you know. Like, at, at least when, you know, I was covering JaVel and those guys, you know, there'd be some attempt at a foul line dunk, you know, or there'd be some – triple-double, you know, that comes, uh, you know, after, you know, 18 attempts at a layup, you know. So there will always be something entertaining about it. But you're watching this team, they're just getting their butts kicked every night. And it's like, ugh. Yeah, no, I know. I was I was talking <laughs> – I was kind of talking about that with somebody recently. Um, by the way, I got a text tonight from an assistant coach for another team. The second the game ended, it was like he had this queued up. I had spoke. I had spoken to this coach about the uh, about the Wizards earlier this week, and uh, and it was like he had this this text queued up for six minutes and was just waiting to send it. Because the second the final buzzer sounded, he said, "At least the guys who get who never get any minutes played hard." I was like, man, like this is this is the Wizards wrap around the league yeah, now. Yeah, Everyone like don't don't think that like just because you're a Wizards fan, you're like, oh, I'm frustrated, and this is how I feel. Like, no, like oh, yeah. the entire league is talking no, about. No, trust this. me, I've you know, whenever I go around, you know, I travel, you know, different places, and I talk to players on different teams, and you know, they they you know, I, I don't cover the Wizards anymore, but everybody knows that I deal with the Wizards. They all said the same thing. What's wrong with that group? What's going on with that group? You know, everybody knows that this team is incredibly flawed and no one has any confidence it's going to get any better. And, you know, you can always say, you know, that that's messed up, but it doesn't even matter if the guys in there don't care they won't get any better. Like, that's they play like they don't care it's not, not going to get any better. And that, to me, is, if I'm a Wizards fan, is the most disconcerting thing that, you know, you're getting beat, you're getting bashed in, you're getting – this nationally, you got people talking about going to clubs, and you got people talking about this and that, and trade it and blow it up. And there's so much stuff that we usually kind of bring a team together and say, it's us against the world, everybody's against us, we're going to prove them wrong. And instead, it's like, you know what? They're right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. It's true. It's like, it's not, it, it's more fun to cover 
a team that's good. I'll give you that. And no, it's it is, more fun to it's, it's yeah it's when there's something happening. A bad team, right? Where there's but this is depressing. I yeah. mean, it's really depressing. Yeah. No one's no one's happy there. No, it's just no one's happy. And you know what's weird? They can solve their own happiness by just like trying. Trying. The, what's so weird? And they talk to us about this, like. Frankly, like we're idiots uh, in that. So how, we ask, how do you fix? How do you fix the effort problems? The answer to how you fix an effort problem is you just try. It takes, <laughs> it takes no skill to try in anything. You or I could go onto a floor in an NBA game and we could try. We would yeah. be terrible yes. and we would contribute Get nothing. Smoked. We would contribute I would, nothing. I'll be back door yeah. repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it would be more than that. But I, I can't wait to get the ball back so I can get my shot up. Though. But we would try. Conversely, <laughs> anybody from the Wizards locker room could jump into our seats and be an NBA beat writer for a night or NBA national writer for a night. And maybe they would write a terrible article. Maybe. You know what? Look at the Players' Tribune. Hey. Those are all clearly written by all the players, and they're <laughs> yes. amazingly yeah, well-written. They Maybe they'd kill it. Well but written. either way, they could try. They could do a little homework before, see how a writer's supposed to go about it, and they could come out I mean, here and, look, and take some notes. Yeah. Take some – Dan's breaking news about our company. I know. So whatever. Take some notes. You got there. You could you could write a 500-word thing, and you could put it up there, and it might be terrible. But it's like, you know what? This, this guy tried. He put in some effort. He tried. It takes nothing to try. In anything. I know this. I never tried in school. <laughs> I can be the first person to tell you this. It takes nothing to try in anything. And yet, how do you fix the issues with effort? Jeff Green, how do you fix the issues with effort? I don't know I the, answer. I the answer. I wish I had the answer. What do you mean you wish you had the answer? <laughs> that You know what that is? That's someone who doesn't want the answer. That's what that well, is. And I don't mean to call out – I don't mean to call out specifically Jeff Green. I think he has the answer. He does. He doesn't want to throw guys under the bus. He doesn't want to say the answer. I'm not calling out specifically Jeff Green. Jeff Green was just the guy who gave that answer tonight. John Wall, same thing. Effort – you know, I asked, I asked John Wall. Yeah, it was so weird. I mean I – asked, I asked John Wall, like, what – I know I've asked you this before, but how do you guys fix the effort thing? And he says, you know – you can't teach effort and heart. You're born with effort and heart, and that's it. So, like, I finally followed up. I'm like, you've said that three times, or however many times you've said it before. If a guy is born with heart and effort, <laughs> and you can't teach it, how do you manage those guys in a locker room? And he was just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's like we're being fed this. This bullshit, and you know why I'm able to parse out the bullshit? Because I'm trying. That is why. Boom. Uh, subscribe. Hey, bring it in. Yeah. Oh, Damn you everybody. That's why you got to listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's after dark, baby. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. You can subscribe to Wizards After Dark. All you have to do is try a little bit and search it on <laughs> iTunes. Uh, and if you want to try really hard, you can go and give a five-star rating because those are really nice. And uh, leave a nice review. If you're feeling really generous, those actually uh, help a lot. Um, Michael, you plugged your stuff already. And people can follow you on Twitter at Mr. Michael Lee. He's not only an amazing writer, he also spews some amazing bars. I spit hot fire like Dylan. <laughs> like Dylan, 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 and Dylan. Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday after the, uh, after the Clippers game. 
We'll see what happens then, guys. They are. Uh, Ooh, I think someone will come in with a very pumped up chest, and I will not say his name, but his initials are MG. Wait, MG? No, yeah, Tuesday. Someone will oh, walk oh, into oh. the arena. Oh, with Gortat. A up chest. Yeah, that seems plausible. I, will not say his name. I was thinking on the Wizards. Yes, yes. MG might walk in a little pumped. Um, to quote. To paraphrase Austin Rivers, because I'm not going to say the word that he used, but to paraphrase Austin Rivers, the Wizards are five and whatever the FUA are. <laughs> Her record's terrible. Uh, they're going to try to make themselves six and whatever they have, the F they are against the, Wizard, against the Wizards, against the Clippers. The Clippers. I'll be back after that game. Good Clippers. Clippers are good. I'll, uh, I'll be back after that game. I'll have a, big, a guest after that game. I'm trying to get Yovan after that game, who I had after the Clippers game in L.A., and Yovan blew me off to go to Amigos concert, so I'm guilting him into a podcast. You know what? I will blow you off for Amigos concert, too. <laughs> hot take. Amigos isn't good. What? My hot take. I will, uh, I'm just leaving it at that. I'm, I'm leaving it with the fire. I don't listen to Amigos, but I figure if I'm, if I'm in my 20s or something, I'm going to listen to Amigos. No. I'll be, back, uh, I'll be back on Tuesday. I'll talk to you guys then.